Hello, this is Laura Camacho, the Communication Coach at Mixonian Institute, and welcome to this very amazing episode number 100 of the Speak Up podcast. And this is where we talk about the conversations that you need to have and I need to have in order to accelerate our career success. Because if you think about it, probably 80% of what you do is communication. So it's good to improve that skill. And that's what communication is. It's a bucket of skills. And today we're going to talk about confidence in a different way. I'm calling it a qualitative approach to confidence. But first, let me give you some backstory. So earlier this week, I was in New York City for a really incredible client engagement. It was a almost a dream come true. I, I always wanted to be an international company and this was an international client. We were in the basically the capital of the world and we were on the in the World Trade Center, one of the World Trade Center buildings on the 46th floor. So it was super exciting and actually I was planning to record this episode there, but between one thing and another, I didn't. I'm back here in Charleston. And no matter where I go, no matter who I'm teaching, no matter what company, there are always people that ask about confidence. And even the people who don't ask want to know about sounding more confident. And there's just so much interest, so much interest in becoming or sounding more confident because it's literally money in the bank. But I want to make a a few distinctions. So one thing is to sound confident. And, it, and another thing is to actually be confident. That's why a lot of people teach, including the famous Ann Cuddy up at Harvard, fake it till you make it. And I'm not saying, I'm not going to diss that because there is some uh, element of that, that that works. However, some of us don't feel confident <laughs> faking it. And there's, uh, so competence and confidence sometimes go together. I mean, if you think about it as a Venn diagram, you have a circle of competence and a circle of confidence, and sometimes they completely overlap, and sometimes they don't. And I'm sure you have seen and come across people who are very confident, but not necessarily as competent. But over time, their competence will rise most of the time, to their level of confidence. And in the work world, in life, people will basically take you at your self-perception of confidence. Like if you appear to be confident, then people assume that you have a good reason to be confident. And I can tell you, I've been in this business for 10 years. And before that, I was a professor at East Carolina University and College of Charleston. So I can tell you in my business, like I personally have become more confident. And as I become more confident, then more people have confidence in my method and what I'm teaching. And so understand that as you present your solutions and ideas at work in a more confident manner, then other people have more confidence in you. And it shortens the adaption time. It shortens the time to get an idea implemented and really everyone is better off. So as far as confidence building goes, you know, that you've all been told to stand up straight, 
and to look people in the eye and to breathe in deeply. And, and those are the traditional methods of building confidence, really, and also to plan what you're going to say. And those are all good. I'm not, I'm not saying don't do that, but I, I'm going to teach you today in this episode number 100, a completely different approach, which I'm calling the qualitative approach to confidence. Now, confidence is built naturally as we learn new things, and that means taking risk, surviving that that risk-taking. That's why if you go to some extreme confidence-building class like uh, what Tony Robbins teaches, he has you walk over hot coals. I mean, I haven't done that, but I, I am positive that would increase my confidence to do that. Uh, on a smaller scale, when you are afraid to ha- give a presentation, but you actually give the presentation, then afterwards you feel more confidence. Anytime you take a risk you and you successfully overcome it, which is most of the time, your confidence is built. And then our confidence, on the other hand, takes uh, a setback, falls back, you know, de- decreases if we take a risk and it doesn't go as well as we thought, which I, you know, I've experienced, I'm sure you have, that's what throws our confidence off, that we gave this presentation and, you know, the reception was not what we thought it would be, or we didn't feel as confident about it. But you got to get back on that horse when you're thrown off. And what I'm hoping today is that this uh, qualitative approach to confidence is just going to completely give you something else, something different to focus on in your interactions. And that different focus is going to build your confidence in an unexpected, but very fast. What happens is that when you have more confidence, then people react to you and respond to you differently. And that's the best feeling in the world. So my qualitative approach to building confidence has to do with delivering something unexpected or something different in any interaction and first before I explain like how to do that let me just give you the science of that and you know that we are all pattern seeking human beings that human beings are seeking patterns I remember when I was homeschooling my kids when they were young that when they were learning math in addition to the simple addition problems they were doing there were always problems with different shapes and they would have to like complete the pattern. And even and even with the SAT, there are math problems where there are different numbers and you have to, you know, to, to get the answer right, you have to figure out the pattern. We are just designed to find and operate based on patterns we see. And that's necessary because otherwise every every situation, every morning we would wake up and wonder, well, if I step out of my bed, is the floor going to support me? If I flush the toilet, is the water going to go away? You know, those kinds of things get, are basically shortcuts so that we don't have to think about every single thing we do during a day. So that being said, things that break the pattern call our attention. And first of all, we look for danger. So back in the day, uh, like this, a certain sound would break the pattern that we were hearing and we might learn that that could mean that a lion was there that could possibly eat us. 
So another pattern that you learn at work could be that all of a sudden something that was working doesn't work anymore or a new person comes into a leadership position and shakes up the way the patterns of operation. So understand that we're all used to these routines and patterns and a way you can stand out without bravado is to break the pattern in a positive way because we humans also respond a lot more strongly to an unexpected positive surprise than we do to a positive just like if you go to a dinner at a restaurant that you know it's good you enjoy that dinner but if you go to a restaurant and you're expecting it to be good but it actually turns out to be amazing or the waiter does something that just blows your socks off that stays recorded in your brain very strongly very firmly I'm sure you can remember like certain surprises in your life that were just so amazing somebody brought you flowers unexpectedly or a gift that surprised you or a compliment that surprised you those are the things that stay recorded in our brains even though we're all hyper distracted I mean our attention spans are just like nothing in fact I was reading yesterday that with all the information that we're exposed to, including this podcast, it's the equivalent of going through 174 newspapers in a day. That's a lot. Imagine waking up and having a stack of 174 newspapers at your at your feet. That's kind of the, the massive amount of information that we're going through. So even more, there's even more opportunity to break that expectation of every interaction and I'm going to explain some ways to do that but I want you to know that breaking the pattern of expectations in a positive way is going to catch people's attention and it's something that you can focus on instead of trying to see oh how can I be more confident say how can I deliver a more positive experience and I'm going to give you one example that I've given before I just love this example Uh, at the Magic Castle Hotel in Los Angeles, which is a nice hotel, but it's not like a, you know, super luxury hotel. But if you go into any room in this hotel, there's a red phone. I guess everybody knows what a, you know, a, a landline kind of phone, not a cell phone. And you pick up the phone and somebody says, hello, you've reached the Popsicle hotline. What flavor would you like? And they deliver a popsicle or several uh, in the flavors that you request. And that's like an amazing surprise, right? Because who does that? Nobody does that. And how much does a popsicle cost? Like nothing. Even at the best case, King Pops of Charleston, which are the super elite, high quality, high end luxury popsicles are $3 retail. So this hotel has built up this whole personality and brand or brand personality based on delivering popsicles. So think about what can be a way that you deliver a popsicle in a presentation, in a conversation, in a job interview. And I'm going to tell you some some things that I have used to do that. So another way of doing what I'm teaching in this qualitative approach to confidence, you can sum it up in three words. And this is what I call it, elevate the touch point. So the touch point is every interaction. Uh, So it's every email, every text, every conversation, every presentation, 
And of course, you don't need to elevate every single conversation in a day, but you know that there are certain conversations, uh, whether they're in text or face-to-face or on the phone, that you can deliver an unexpected positive surprise and just focusing on that and that will increase your confidence. How does it work? Remember I said earlier that the way we build confidence naturally is to try, learn new skills and take risk. And it, it take, it, there is risk involved in breaking the pattern, right? If you were to give out a popsicle at your presentation, just to give a crazy example, I mean, people might be like, what? Why is she doing that? So there, that's a risk, but it's, it's a mitigated risk. And I think the, it's a risk that's going to play out in your favor because even if somebody, let's say you did the popsicles, and even if I don't like popsicles, let's say I have an allergy to popsicles or I think they're stupid, even if I have that uh, perception of popsicles, I will still be delighted that you did this, that you had the courage to break the pattern and to deliver a surprise. So how can you break the pattern? How can you elevate the touch point, you know, on a day-to-day basis? Like, what does that even mean? So the first thing you want to think about is the emotional charge. Like one, remember that emotions are contagious and it's not that you necessarily want to be perky perky all the time because that can be annoying, but you probably you can be more positive during certain critical conversations. You can come across as more appreciative. You can come across as more excited. In fact, remember that in our bodies, the emotion of being excited and being afraid, that feels the same. So if you are feeling afraid, nervous about a certain conversation coming up, change, t- tell yourself, I'm excited. And that will shift the way your brain interprets the signals and you'll come across as more excited, which is a positive, that's a positive pattern breaker. But just ask yourself, like, what emotion can I bring to this conversation, to this email, to this message that would break the presentation, break the, break the expectations a little bit? Um, be selectively positive. You don't need to be positive all the time. But in, injecting even a smile into your emails, into your text, uh, think about how can I raise the emotion in this interaction? So that's one thing you can do. Another thing I teach is using more metaphors. Metaphors are so valuable. In fact, this client that I was just working with earlier this week in our conversation before the training, the COO told me we want to be the McKenzie of recruiting. So, you know, McKenzie is the Tiffany and Company of consulting. So they're the the maximum and a lot of smaller consulting companies, I'm sure, aspire to be the McKenzie of their business. I personally want to be the Maria Montessori of communication skills training because Maria Montessori completely changed the way young children learn and made it so much more kinesthetic than just, you know, copying words and just sticking to words. It's like one example with the Maria Montessori teaches, and my mom used this on me and I even remember it. My mom 
following the Maria Montessori method would cut out letters in sandpaper. And so I would be feeling these letters as a, you know, four-year-old. And that helped it stick into my brain, the conversation about the letter, how it sounds, along with the tactile sandpaper feeling of the letter. So that was just a completely revolutionary way of teaching kids to read in a kind of indirect route. But Maria Montessori definitely was breaking the pattern. And that's what I want to do. Uh, my husband, who has a music school, wants to be the Kurt, Curtis Institute of Charleston, or he wants his school. That's a very small school in Philadelphia. Very elite musician, musical training takes place there. So you might want to be the MacGyver of your business, or your product might be the WD-40 of something, or you might want to be the Beyonce of something. So think about what are some metaphors for yourself in your industry or your product or your project and really delivering that message in your presentation is going to it's just such a great communication tool because it relates the unknown to the known like you might not have heard of Laura Mixon Camacho but you have probably heard of Maria Montessori or you know you've heard of a Montessori school and if you're in the business world you might not have heard of uh, Lisa Smith Consulting, but you have heard of uh, Mackenzie. So think about what is a metaphor I can use in this conversation in introducing myself or introducing my idea or my presentation. I mean, metaphors are super old. I mean, at least as far back as Shakespeare, and I'm sure much before Shakespeare. How can you use a metaphor in your presentation or conversation? A third way to elevate the touch point is to use a different communication channel. So let's say you get a text or an email or even um, a Slack message. Pick up the phone, go talk to the person, set up a video call. I like using VATAS, V-A-E-T-A-S, video messaging in my, in my practice, in my coaching practice, and in, in uh, follow-up sales conversations. A lot of times I'll send a video message. How can you make it better? Uh, if you are regularly using video conferencing and maybe you work from home, how can you improve the quality of that? Can you like make your background a little bit more interesting? It's so fascinating to me as I've been coaching people around around the country and around the world a lot. There's more so many people working from home in top companies and top positions and you see the difference in their home offices. Definitely it makes a different impression if it looks professional, if it looks uh, artistic, if it looks put together, if you see personality as opposed to just some generic or plain wall background. But think about your communication channel. How can you elevate it? How can you make it better? Just by choosing a different channel. Maybe you want to show appreciation to people on your team. Maybe you've been telling them, hey, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate your positive energy or whatever. How about writing that in a note? And not just a note, but a really funny card or really good stationery. Elevate the channel of communication is another way you can elevate the touch point. And by just putting your thought, your focus into 
elevating this touch point, you're going to come across as more confident without taking, you know, a huge risk. I want to mention, speaking of cards, in case you want to um, start using handwritten notes or sending people cards, there's a great resource for that at canva.com, C-A-N-V-A, and I'll put that in the show notes. Canva.com, you can actually have create a customized card, a postcard, and you can have like 50 made for $20 or something like that. Maybe it's 100 for $30, but it's really low price. And coming up, you can take one of their templates that are already, you know, looking professional, already looking good. You can change the wording. You can put your name. If you're a company, you can put the logo and send those out. It's a super unexpected, and you can thank me later. It's a way, it's a really low price way of sending out a customized handwritten message. Just have a have a um, postcard made and, and have it blank on the back, and then you can um, send your message. Another resource, and this would be for just checking up things with your team. And this is something I started doing recently with communication skills training, there's a way to make bingo cards with your that are completely customized. It's called freebingocards.com or just Google free bingo cards. And what I have done, if I have um, created best communication practices bingo, so things like think before you speak, use the power of a pause, uh, raise the positive emotions, edit down your email. All these communication best practices are built into the bingo. And so it's just a fun way of bringing home a message. So if you're initiating a new quality uh, drive or a change of behavior, or you just want to get really clear and get everybody on the same page with where your team is going, you can create free bingo cards and play the bingo. It will literally take you less than five minutes to create these cards. And it's so unexpected and it's a lot of fun. So there you go. There's another free tool to, and, and if you even if you're not the leader of the team, bringing that to the meeting is a way to stand out in a positive way to break expectations and to sh- to shine without being this, you know, super chatty Kathy. All right, so I'm just going to leave you with two more th- two more little messages that you can include in your emails, in your conversations, any kind of message one to one that will elevate that touch point. And one is to write, "Oh, I was just thinking about you." But only write it if it's true. But how many times does it happen that you think about somebody because you've got this project going on and then you get an email from that person? It happens all the time. And we don't always take the time to say, oh, it's just thinking about you. But if you do in that other person's mind, that relationship has gotten closer. Because I feel like if you say, oh, I was just thinking about you, I feel valued by you and appreciated by you just by saying that. And here's another way to speak up at a meeting or to, in a conversation, to build that relationship and to say something that's breaking the pattern in a positive way is what I like about that. Even if you don't think it's going to fly, even if you want, even if say it's the, you're the leader and you're going to have to squash it, what I like about it is that you 
are thinking outside the box, that you are coming up with this kind of approach to solving the problem. But just say what you like about the idea is a good way, is a, a breaking positive, I mean, breaking the expectations in a positive way. All right, so to review our qualitative approach to building confidence, which is about breaking expectations in a positive way, which is a totally different way of thinking about confidence, which is going to increase the, the value of your personal stock, of your brand, precisely because people love it. We crave positive surprises. And, you know, we talk about change management all the time. And, and the, the, com, the conventional wisdom in change management is that people hate change. But that is completely false. We don't hate all change. We just hate change that we don't want. But we love, I mean, who doesn't like getting a surprise bouquet of flowers or a surprise bonus of course, we love surprises, just certain kinds of surprises. So some different ways you can elevate the touch point and increase your confidence would be to take to raise the emotional level, to consider the emotional charge and see how you can make it more positive. Number two, you can use metaphors. Be creative about that. Number three, you can change the channel of communication. And in, a, in that channel, you can use customized cards or handwritten notes. But I gave you the resource of canva.com. You can break up a meeting or drive a learning point through customized free bingo. And you can add value to your interpersonal communication to your conversations and emails by saying, I was just thinking about you. Or I like to I like to start off my email responses with how how lovely to hear from you. I'm so happy to hear from you, which is true. Now, don't write things that aren't true. And then finally, something you can say in a meeting that's going to definitely break expectations because hardly anybody says this is what I like about that is and then say what you like about it. So these are these are ways you can build confidence in a very creative, qualitative way without bravado, without just puffing yourself up. And it works because you are taking a teeny tiny risk with each of these. Because why do we stick to the patterns? Because that's what's expected. And anytime you do something unexpected, there is a tiny risk that people will freak out. But I don't think you're going to have any trouble with any of these, and I would love to hear how you um, implement them. And if you would like for me to come to your company and explain more detail how to build confidence or something about executive presence or how to communicate better, I am definitely here for you. So I have so enjoyed this episode number 100. Thank you for listening and thank you for being part of the journey. And until the next time, I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye. 